Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Stephen Espaum. And tonight I'm joined by my good friend, podcast sponsor, the hair transplanted chum, plastering and rendering legends. It's the one and only, it's Mr. Adam Francis. Good evening, you all right? How you doing? Very well. Mate, welcome back to the podcast. You've had quite the weekend. Yeah, it was a long day yesterday, I'm not going to lie, and uh, today's been uh, today's been one of them days where I've been, yeah, very, very quiet, it's been a quiet day for me, um, <laughs> very quiet, just not quite a hangover, but you know, when you just, yeah, a 19 hour day for me, so up at 6, back at 1 a.m., so long day. Yeah, looking forward to hearing all about it later on in the podcast, so Obviously, you're well known to all of our listeners. You sponsor the podcast. You're quite vocal on Twitter. We've had you on quite a few times before. Last time we had you on was towards the end of last season. I believe it was our season finale. It's a difficult season. Obviously, we weren't allowed to go in and watch the games. It was hard to watch on the stream at points. The football wasn't great. It felt like a wasted season. But we sit here now, three months later. I mean, what are your thoughts about what's happened since the end of the season? <clears throat> well, I think... Um... The main thing for me, that the biggest thing that I've noticed the difference is uh, after Ross left the club and Joby came in, things just gradually, for some reason, went they went a bit more downhill. Not just not 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 on the pitch so much. On the pitch, the results started getting better. Uh, we were a little bit more harder to beat. But just the the general feel around the club, the way that the club, the, the fans felt about the club, the fans felt about the players, the management. And then near the end of the season, I think it was quite clear to see that a majority of the fan base wanted to see a fresh new era at Leighton Orient. That's what they wanted to see. Um, and unfortunately for Joby, results meant that um, he wasn't given the job. I, I still think it was the right decision to relieve him of his duties and look for a new way forward. So... It give uh, the ownership of the club a, a blank canvas to work from and go out there and get a new man that was going to lead us. Um, and obviously, you know, we managed to get Kenny Jacket, which um, I just think is a real coup for the club. Massive, he's got massive wealth of experience and we all know what he, you know, what he, can, what he can do with a club. Um, you know, he's had a few promotions. Um, for whatever reason, his his last job at Portsmouth, even though to me on paper, done all right. Yeah, done all right. Yeah. It could give him a little bit of success. For whatever reason, the fans didn't want him, didn't like him. We know what Portsmouth are like as a club, though. They're very, um, they're a bit like us, really. I know they're a far bigger club, yeah. but the fan base are a lot like Lake Laurent fans. Their their affinity and affection towards the club. There's not many clubs that I know. You know, it's just a different yeah. feel if you if you know where I'm coming from. So. Um, you know the club made the right decision in uh, in getting Kenny in the building, and I think it's plain to see that he's put his fresh stamp on it. I think even some of the players that left that we perhaps wanted to keep hold of the Johnsons, Wilkinsons, um, Brophy. I'm not, you know, now we're sitting here. I'm not too disappointed mm. that they're no longer here because it's given Kenny. A chance to you know put his stamp on it, you know, and the only player that that stayed was Craig Clay. I mean, obviously we don't, you know we can go into that further at another time or later on, but he's not in the team. Yeah. So, so a majority of them players out there are are Kenny's Kenny's team. Um, so 
you know, I think um, I think everything bodes well, and I look forward to seeing what happens with Leighton Orient Football Club um, this season and and beyond. So we'll talk about Carlisle later in the podcast because that falls under this week. But you know, we've gone away to Salford and Drew narrowly went out in the. EFL Cup to QPR, which I thought was a great game. Unlucky to lose that and then put on a great performance against Exeter to win 3-0. What were your thoughts on those first three games of the season? I think Salford away is always going to be a tough... It's going to be a tough game. Salford have always got this massive expectation. They have got owners that, let's face it, I mean, they've got money to burn. How they get away with what they do, uh, financial fair play... um, Fair play to them, you know. That's that's you know that's not for us to to worry about. But they've always got a good caliber of player, and let you know. Let's face it, um, because of the people that run the club and because of the the stature and you know you know at its TV program and this that and the other. You know the name Salford is now a big brand, mm. so they're going to attract players perhaps that we won't attract. Even though I still think we're a, a big far club. bigger club yeah. than Salford, so it's always going to be a tough opening game in my opinion. And um, I think we battled well. I think we got, you know, mm. a draw. Although they had plenty of opportunities to win the game, we deserved the draw. But obviously, it's difficult to say that we deserve more than that. But you'd have taken more than that, of course. Yeah. But I think Salford, perhaps on the chances, there was a few clear-cut chances. I think they probably should have won the game. But we come away with a point and straight away, that's a positive mm. foundation to start on a good result. Opening yeah. day, haven't got beat. Uh, all good. QPR was um, um, he was clear to see that you know even though they might might not have had a completely full strength side at first half, they haven't got the luxury to send under twenty threes down to us because they want to go through they want to yeah. go further in the cup competition just because like us the gate receipts you know whatever they get for going through the rounds, um, so they took it seriously. QPR first half it was. We'll say, say first for full, 35, 40 minutes was men against boys. Yeah. Um, and then we got our foot into the game and second half, I, I was absolutely gutted I wasn't there. I watched the stream. Absolutely gutted I couldn't be there, but obviously I'd had my hair transplant, so I uh, wasn't allowed out of the house. And uh, I'd have loved, even though the attendance wasn't huge, uh, the, the South Stand was rocking. It was. Um, yeah. I'd love to have been there. And, and uh, we got... I think quite rightly what we deserved in the equaliser, and then just went out on penalties. I mean, penalties are penalties are penalties, and yeah. you can point fingers and this and that, and this person should perhaps shouldn't have taken it, or this should. have... The five that stepped up had had the the nuts to set yeah, up, you know, to step up, and unfortunately, on this occasion we haven't gone through. Um, <laughs> we're not the greatest at penalties, <laughs> are we? Anyway, so. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Exeter at home. Um, Historically, we don't do too great mm. against Exeter, do we? And uh, we just completely outplayed them. I thought we were we outmuscled them. The defence looked assured. Um, they had a little bit of a spell, I think, in the early second half yeah. or um, end of the first half. They had a little spell, but nothing really. And um, and the third goal just finished them off. It was really it was a really positive. Uh, and that third goal, I mean, wow, beautiful. I didn't. You know, when you're there at the ground, you just you just can't, you don't always take that in, do you? Yeah. Um, and it perhaps doesn't look as smooth and as slick live as it does on the TV. But that was um, that was some goal, and it was nice just to get the, get the, get that third goal because 
let's face it, if, if they had scored the penalty, poor penalty, yeah. if they'd scored the penalty and it's 2 1, typical Lake Lawrence starts, uh, you know, starts coming into it. Yeah. Uh, but we got the three points, and, uh, and yesterday, good, good solid point again. You know, we're going to go on to that, obviously, but overall, good start. You got any new favourite players? I mean, I'm against QPR. I'm our Beckles seems to be the one the fans really were getting behind. But for me, I think Drennan's been much better than what I expected him to be um, so far. Anyone stand out for you? Um, Prattley. Yeah. I like Prattley. Um, nobody stands out as in above all yet for me because I think they're actually all collectively and the players that. Um, that are already here, uh, collectively as a unit, they've all impressed me. I do think Theo Archibald, once properly fit, he looks like he's, he looks knackered after 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, so, and he looks like on 60, 70 minutes, he's blowing. I think if he gets back to a bit of full fitness, I think he was carrying an injury, mm. he will be a dangerous, dangerous player. And then it's down to our forward line just to read the balls that he puts in the box because he puts some clever, clever balls across the, the front of the goal what goalkeepers are not going to come for. So if you've got a few fox, a fox in the box or somebody who's waiting to sniff it out, he'll score goals. So I think he it, maybe he's got a little edge, but collectively, and like I say, D- Darren Prattley, uh, he, he's so commanding. You can hear him screaming, shouting, ordering, but not, you know, he's got that authoritiveness, but he's also got that experience that players will listen. Um, and I think he's going to be a tremendous captain, uh, potentially. So, all in all, collectively, I think um, I'm impressed. And I'm, also, I, you know, I'm impressed by the the strikers so far. That let's face it, there was a few doubts in their careers, their actual goals, yeah. and what they've done previous. Um, but as we'll talk later on, um, Harry Smith, he looks a he looks a he looks a threat when he came on the other day. He was a handful again. And he got he took a well taken goal yesterday. So yeah. yeah, all in all, pretty good. Great stuff. Very hopeful. It's nice. Nice yeah. to be hopeful at Orient Outlook Podcast <laughs> Towers. So I'm sure most of our listeners know, but not only are you a massive Lane Orient fan, you also run AHF Plastering, who we're very proud to be sponsored by in our third year of our partnership. Yeah. Uh, you know, Plastering Rendering Company. I mean, why don't you tell us about the company and give us a quick quick rundown of what, of what you guys offer. Yeah, so AJF Plaster, we're a uh, Essex-based plaster and a rendering company, and we cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work. Specialise in uh, silicone colour render systems, um, which a lot of fans have started to to to, to use. Paul, obviously, yeah. here tonight, but Paul, we've done Paul's house. We've just finished. Trevor Parker lives in Woodford. Uh, he was over the moon. Left us a nice little review. I've got one coming up just around the corner here for for a guy called Mark Dixon, another Orient oh, fan. Yeah. Um, I. Off the top of my head, I couldn't reel them all off. But third season in, the the relationship's really coming together now. You know, it's it's going where I expected it to go. But the, you know, um, the Orient fans have been really great. Um, to any Orient fan that have, I have got a few emails that I haven't responded to. Please don't think I'm ignoring you. It's just an extremely busy time in the building trade at the minute. Yeah. Um, everybody's getting their house rendered because they can't go on holiday, <laughs> which is good. Yeah, good for you. Uh, yeah, very good. So, um, and obviously, as everyone knows now, the best part of it all is they get yeah. a genuine fifteen percent discount, and that goes out to the staff uh, as well, and the players, uh, and the ownership of the club. Um, so, if anybody would like any more information on that, uh, you can visit our website. It's www.ajfplastering.co.uk. Uh, our email address is ajfplastering at outlook.com. 
We're also on Facebook. Just type in AJF Plastering uh, and on Instagram. Yeah. That's where you'll see a little bit more of what I upload on Facebook and Instagram because they're connected. So whatever I put on yeah. Facebook goes on to Instagram. Um, don't upload the website as much. A bit like having a convertible car. It doesn't get used that often, <laughs> to be fair. Um, it's much quicker doing it on social media. And obviously I'm on Twitter as well, Big Ads LOFC. Uh, Big Ads with a Z. Not a S. Um, so yeah, come and come and uh, give us a deep DM if you want any plastering or rendering. And uh, just a quick thank you to everybody that has used AJF plastering uh, from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate it, um, and it's been great meeting a lot of the supporters and uh, chatting Orient, which yeah. I don't mind doing, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a flourishing three years it's in the relationship. I mean, Paul. Look forward to continuing yeah. for many years more. So great to have you on board and great here um, tonight joining me in Paul's absence as he's on holiday. So I guess as normal, let's do a supporters club update. So two trips to tell you about. First up, Newport County away, Saturday 4th of September. This one leaves the supporters club at half eight in the morning. £30 for adults, £27 for concessions. And after that, we've got Bristol Rovers away on Saturday the 18th of September. This one's £28 for adults. £25 for concessions and leaves the supporters club at half eight. And all these trips cost you an additional £3 if you aren't a member. If you're under 16, you can travel for half price, but you must be with an adult. And please remember that these prices do not include your match day ticket. So if you want to book for any of these trips, you can do that in the supporters club before a match or after a match, uh, obviously on a match day, or by calling the travel line on 07507 539 five seven nine which is a new number which is different to the one that we uh put wrongly in last week's podcast so remember that new number and if you fancy a day out with uh the supporters club a great way to get to to away matches yeah we've got one bit of aob this week well done to tom reed aka reedy qb9 who took part in a white collar boxing match on saturday unfortunately he didn't get the result he wanted in the ring but he has raised 510 pounds so far for cancer research uk and you can still sponsor him and donate by going to his just giving page which is www.justgiving.com fundraising slash tom hyphen read eight yeah very well done i mean white collar boxing rather tom than me 510 <laughs> quid though well done tom and Hopefully he feels right after that. Fair hopefully, play to him. Hopefully he didn't get hit 510 times. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not. So let's go through then the week that was and start with Happy Monday then the 16th of August. And on this day, we remember Clapton Orient legend George Scott who died in a German military hospital in St. Quentin, France on this day in 1916 from wounds received in battle. It's very proud to be an Orient fan at this point, you know, such an esteemed history, mm. especially around, you know, World War One era and obviously, you know, the greater game and everything the club do in terms of remembrance and all the work Steve Jenkins does. So it's great to see the club still yeah. tweet about this and still really active on it. So, you know, they'll never be forgotten. Absolutely. The club also announced the inaugural inductees of its first ever Hall of Fame, which will be housed in the Legends Lounge of the Justin Edinburgh Stand. The club named the following seven players and the manager. So the manager, Justin Edinburgh. Yeah, I mean, no surprises there, right? Absolutely. I mean, obviously, in, in, in my era, 
Um, he he is the greatest manager yeah, for me. Agree. Same um, here. Yeah. So he obviously led us back to uh, to the football league, and that that's something that will live long with us for for many years. And it was nice. We were still singing this song at Carlisle on Saturday. Oh, well, good. Nice. Yeah, we yeah. sang it. It was it was sound. It was sung against QPR, and I'm sure it was sung against Exeter. And we'll be sung in pretty much every game this season. So yeah, great to hear that. Yeah. So. Next up is Peter Allen, who's the all-time appearance holder for Leighton Orient with 491 um, appearances and he scored 29 goals. Great stuff. Sid Bishop next up. He made all 49 appearances in Orient's 61-62 season when we were promoted to the first division. So, fair enough there. Yeah, next up is Stan Charlton. Following his return from Arsenal in 1958, he captain Leighton Orient to their first and only promotion to... Division 1 in 61-62. Next up, a player who I saw a couple of times when I was a mere, I think, eight years old, I think, when I saw him. Alan Comfort scored 46 goals and 150 appearances between 1986 and 1989 before becoming the club chaplain. He played in the O's 1989 fourth division player final victory against Wrexham. And if you remember rightly, he had to be helicoptered out of the stadium to go and get married. Yeah, that was, uh, I did sport warrants, it's, you know, I think ninety three onwards. So he was before my time. I've seen plenty of videos, and uh, yeah. I've met Alan. He's a lovely man. Uh, next up, of course, if you're going to have a hall of fame, you can't have a hall of fame without Laurie Cunningham. Yeah. Can you? He made his professional debut for Orient in nineteen seventy four, before later becoming the first ever Englishman to play for Real Madrid and the first black man to represent England at international level. That is unthinkable these days that someone could start their career at Orient. Yeah. I mean, you've obviously got Harry Kane who. But that was alone, and he obviously yeah. broke through for Tottenham. But that, that's still absolutely kind of. I'm pretty sure as well he was. I might be wrong, but I watched a documentary on this. I'm pretty sure he was the first black player to ever play for Real Madrid as well. I think you're probably right. Yeah, I think you are. So next up, Tommy Johnson. So obviously we sit in his south stand, named after him. Previously voted as the club's greatest ever player, holds the all-time goals record at 100. And 23 goals, which I think is going to last for many, many a year, the way football is at the moment. And his ashes were interred at Brisbane Road following his death in 2008. So, obviously, you know, he's obviously going to make it in based on him being the club record scorer and fully deserved. Yeah. Uh, And then last last in, in the... In the seven inductees is Peter Kitchen, another Orient legend. He scored 49 league goals in 114 appearances. It's not bad, it's nearly one, one every yeah, two games. Uh, including his 21 goals in the 1982-83 season, a season in which he scored seven goals in our FA Cup run, which saw us reach the semi-finals, beating Chelsea along the way. And it's nice to see that he's still quite vocal on Twitter as he's... I think he goes on the... Uh, or an hour sometimes. Or an hour. Well. He writes yeah. for Brian Jeeves as well. Although I think that's a, a mistype because I'm sure it was 72, 73, but I might be wrong. But great to have that started. And then there's a few spaces up for grabs. And we'll be talking before we start recording about players who we most remember kind of from our lifetime. And we were saying there's two players we'd expect to be there or thereabouts. And you mentioned Matt Lockwood. Yeah, and Dean Cox. I mean, in our... In the mind and your reverse in the rages, so in our era, um, they're probably the two standout players. I mean, if you look at Alan Comfort's record, um, you know, Dean Cox has got an absolutely fantastic record as well. I think he had something like 60 goals in mm. two and a half hundred, you know, yeah. which was no mean feat. Um, and, uh, and Matt Lockwood, I mean, best left foot I've seen down at Orient by far. Uh, he, you know, Charlie Daniels was good in my time, but I think Matt Lockwood for me. I think I'll be surprised if one of them two are not in it. Yeah, I'd be because I think I think the club are leaving it open now, aren't they, for a vote? And I, and I would expect to see 
the players that were named, although I never got to see any of them name, them, them play, their names that I've learned about yes. since being an Orient fan. So you understand them. Um, but that's now given the opportunity for the younger fan base to put in there who they think and... Uh, It'd be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see if there's anyone from the National League winning season as yeah, well. Yeah, it'd be interesting. You've got players, I guess, like Kevin Godfrey, um, you know, uh, Glenn Roder, yeah. who potentially could make it. Looking back, maybe John Mackey. When I think of John Mackey, I think of Oxford away. Just phenomenal that, which is, again, one of the greatest days in the club's history. So lots of there's lots of names that would crop up. It'd be interesting to see who get the other three, um, three spaces. Yeah. So let's see what happens with that. Then. So let's move on into Tahuay Tuesday. Imagine Tahuay gets in there based on the Arsenal goal. <laughs> Uh, 17th of August, the day started with Basildon United announcing the loan signing of young O Ben Stake. So we wish Ben all the luck in the world at his spell at Basildon United. Yeah, the club uh, also announced the signing of striker Tyrese Amatoy. Yeah, that's it. That, well that done. Enough? Well played. I'm, I'm impressed with that. <laughs> uh, from Norwich on a season-long loan after he was on trial for us for a part of pre-season. Uh, he looked pretty. He looked quite exciting. Yeah, yeah, he done all right, didn't he? He think he played for about 60, 70 minutes against Gillingham. Obviously scored the goal, so we were getting excited about him. But for me, he's quite a useful player for the squad. When Kenny was talking about him, he can play on the left. Well, he can play on pretty much anywhere on the forward line. He can play left, central or right. So a good player to have around. can obviously score a goal. Scored a hat-trick for Norwich's under-23 against Newport last season okay. in the uh, EFL Trophy. It was a good hat-trick, actually. So It looks like he's got a bit of pace as well. Yeah, and he's quite confident. When he was interviewed, he he rates himself, which as a young man is probably a good attribute to have. Yeah. So I, th- I think he'll be good. And if he can push players like Archibald and Smith and Drennan and Smythe, as we're calling him because of Smith, then good signing. Yeah, I think Kenny mentioned about talking about players. on. I think he, the actual term he used was on, on an upward curve. So some of the players that, that we signed... Uh, I think maybe the fans had a little bit of doubt, like we said earlier on about you know the goals per game or how many goals they scored in their career but these players are on an upward curve so he, he obviously likes working with younger players he's also made that clear with mm. he wants to give the younger younger lads a run out this season the ones that obviously think are good enough so it'd be interesting to see how this one pans out in the last loan we had from Norwich didn't he didn't get Thomas didn't get a game did he so, no very um, disappointing Thomas ho- wasn't it hopefully this one works out yeah fingers crossed we're hopefully looking forward to talking about him a lot more on the podcast and a few goals for him so let's go to Wednesday the 18th of August then, and the club announced Sam Sargent signed for National League side Barnet initially on a two month loan but we can call him back if we want to your views on that one uh, Mr Francis I think read, read into it how you like he's not fancied end of story um, I've seen a few people say oh, I was going out for a bit of game time experience utter nonsense in my opinion um, you don't let your second choice goalkeeper go out on loan uh, I know there's a I think there's an automatic recall I, I get that but that's not going to help you out halfway through a game if Biggs gets sent off or injured and you're bringing in a goalkeeper that's got absolutely zero experience at the minute I think it's clear to see that he wasn't he wasn't rated by um, Steve Davis, although granted Granger was slightly older, had a bit more experience. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't rated under that regime. Justin decided to bring a goalkeeper out of retirement because he wasn't keen on the goalkeepers that we had, and he's not really moved on from there. He hasn't he hasn't progressed. He hasn't got in Ross's team, and he didn't get in Joby's team. And we felt the need to bring in Lawrence Figaro after uh, Dean Brill decided to. Yeah. 
hang his gloves up. Um, so for me, he's not fancied. And for me, this is a loan more for him to have a view to maybe go out and get football, but not, not on a temporary basis, on a long-term basis. So that'd be interesting to see how that one pans out. I, had a t- I put a tweet on yesterday, sort of making a little bit of a joke that um, Turley and um, Sarge didn't have a great game yesterday because they conceded five goals. Yeah, five it. But I did get uh, a tweet from um, Ed Morgan who said to me that... Uh, a Barnet fan that he knows said that Sarge had little or could do little about the goals. Really? Majorly okay. let down by his defenders. But, you know, I hope it works out for him. And, and that's, he's a good lad and hopefully it will go on and it could be that you never know, he could have an absolute barnstorm and they'd be brought back and, and uh, trouble Viggs for the spot. But um, I don't think that's going to happen personally. Yeah, he's only 22. So even though he's been around the fringes for ages, he's still pretty young, especially in the goalkeeper world. So, yeah, interesting one. Good opportunity for Sam. I guess it's interesting to say like the managers haven't fancied him because I think you're right but Dean Brewer when we had him on the in the podcast about three months ago said he's ready like he's ready for first team football and expected him to be challenging Vigoru so that's an interesting mm. one be interesting yeah if his time ever does come at Orient but you know if he goes there and does well would he come back and put Viggs under pressure and the other, only other thing I put was Burn now is our number two and Burn is I think you mentioned a very, very young keeper with a little experience so it would be interesting now for me to see whether Kenny brings in another good keeper bit older, more experienced, or if he keeps burning at number two spot, maybe he writes Burn high and Sergeant. Well, like we said a second ago, he likes the youngsters, so perhaps he's he's seen something in Burn that he likes. Uh, and obviously he's, now, he's got the also the advice of the goalkeeping coach, Simon Royce. So uh, he's an experienced yeah. goalkeeper, so he, he will know, you know, he'll be given advice. So, yeah, we'll be interested to see. Yeah, good point. A few tweets coming to us on the uh, news of Sam going to Barnet. Tackle underscore trader uh, a Twitter handle what well, I don't recognise so welcome to the podcast and excellent move for Sarge Barnet and Orient he needs game time Barnet get a very good keeper and Orient can get him back match fit yeah at Luke underscore T7 Orient fans shouldn't be worried this is a good move for all parties Sarge will be our number one in the future but for now he needs a first team opportunity and I reckon he'll have a good season with Barnet especially with a few of the lads from last year there yeah so hopefully it turns out better for Sarge than yesterday like you said 5-0 defeat not not the greatest start but that's with a team with Turley Widowson Jordan Thomas yeah who we spoke about earlier but to be so. fair you know Luke's made quite a good point there he hasn't really I mean other than the, you know the few and far between games he has played for us he's not really had a long stint or a long run right. in a side actually so yeah maybe this this could be the best thing for him yeah, uh, but then obviously if he goes and gets a long run in the team and he enjoys it there and Barnet make their sort of lay their cards out and say you know, we'd quite like this a little bit more long term it'll give the club and, and Sarge something to think about for his career yeah fingers crossed it goes well we'll obviously bring you up to date on everything that happens there so also uh, on this day a young Orient side played a behind closed doors friendly against Southampton's under 23s <laughs> at Brisbane Road this one kicked off at midday, the young O-side lined up with Byrne, Clay, Sweeney, Papadopoulos, Eaton, Ogie, Tanga, Young, Trialist, Obiero, and Nkrumah. Subs for this one were Clements, Pegram, Sodi, and Apat. So, barring one name, that is all a very, very young team. And I don't mean to sound disrespectful, but Craig Clay stands out a mile in that team. Mm. And I'm not sure why. I think he's... He's obviously got to be kept. He's obviously at the moment not in Kenny's plans, is he? That's again, that's plain to see. Mm. Um, but he's under he's under contract. 
Um, well, she signed a two-year deal. Exactly. Uh, obviously, the, the, the whole CSA thing was a little bit different. There was obviously clearly a major issue there, um, and he was probably told you're not in the in the plans, and he's decided to go to Wilder. But with Clay, you know, reading between the lines, if he's still getting game time, you know, perhaps he's just been told he's going to be a squad player. He's got to keep fit for that. Uh, and if injuries, because I think he's definitely warmed towards Kiprianu has yeah. um, over Clay and. Uh, at the moment, it seems to be paying off. Clay, um, Kipriano for me is a, a far more positive-minded player. When he gets the ball, he looks forward and wants to ping the ball about. Um, whereas Clay's a bit more of a battler, isn't he? He will always put hundred yeah. percent in. Um, so, I think that's more just for keeping him match fit and match sharp if he's called upon. Yeah, good point. So the first half in this one was goalless as Reese Byrne made a few vital saves and Krumer hit the post late on in the half. But in the second half. So the Saints were too strong for the O's and they ran out two new winners thanks to two tap-ins uh, following burn saves as the young O's got some good experience but not the right results. Yeah, also on this day, uh, XO's loanee Tunji Akinola signed for Scottish club Partick Thistle on a one-year deal. So good luck to Tunji. He, uh, Partick Thistle Championship? Yeah, second league in Scotland, which so we think is the Scottish Championship. Which is our equivalent to probably League 1, straight yeah. League 2. Yeah, surprising he's gone there. I thought there would have been a few more English clubs after him. He seemed to impress um, quite a few of us. I thought he was a decent player at our level, especially given, I guess, he's a centre-back, played it mostly at right-back, and he played in a team who didn't really gel, um, and we got a much better team. So, Paul... Um, Messaged, well, not the message, wrote in our notes. Surprised no other League Two, maybe League One sides came in for him as he's easily good enough for this level. I mean, it's only a year contract as well, so not too long. Yeah, maybe the the money was right, uh, perhaps, um, and he's still going to be playing at a decent level of football. But again, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised that we haven't picked him up, just again, because obviously Kenny's coming with a blank canvas and yeah. Kenny has got his own type of player. And as we already had two contracted centre backs and he only wanted the one. Um, Omar Beckles is an outstanding player and plus then Shadrach is also there for backup so and you've got Adam Thompson as well who's still you know, yeah. making his way so back so I don't feel like perhaps it would have been a great idea if he yeah. came back but I am surprised he hasn't stayed um, this side of the border even at somewhere like again Barnet and Southend that yeah. seem to be um, signing top player after player so yeah very surprised but good luck to him yeah, we'll keep an eye on that one. We'll see how he does. So Thursday, the 19th of August, quite a day at the club. No news to report. And then let's move on to Kenny Friday then, 20th of August. And the under-18s win Youth Alliance Cup action. They played Gillingham at home. They went one nil down at half-time, but a simply stunning first 10 minutes in the second half. Saw goals from Jep to Tanga in the 47th minute, Clements in the 48th minute, Tanga scored again a minute later, three goals in three minutes, and Smith Kouazi scored in the 55th minute. It meant the Young O's won the game 4 1. Well done, Young O's. Amazing result there. Yeah, good result. Really good. Saturday, the 21st of August, then the main event, Carlisle away. So before the game, we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you, the fans, thought the O's would get on in this one. And after 287 votes in 24 hours, you voted as follows 9%. Cynical 9% thought we'd lose. Uh, I wasn't in that cynical 9%. 36% thought a draw. That's where I went. Yeah. And 55% 
So a good proportion there thought we was going to win. Uh, and as always, uh, we really appreciate your votes. Yeah, we've got a very confident fan base at the moment. Last week against Exeter, that was like 76% win. So, you know. I see how long that lasts. Yeah, jacket ball going <laughs> down well. So the team was announced at 2pm. Vigorou in goal. At the back, we had Beckles, Happy, uh, Sweeney and uh, James. Uh, in midfield, Kiprianu, Prattley. Kemp, Archibald, Sotiriu and Drinan. On the bench we had Byrne, Wood, Ogie, Clay and Krumah, Amiyoti and Smith. So that meant one change from the team for Exeter as Connor Wood was named on the bench in place of Jaden Sweeney who made his first EFL start as Reese Byrne and Tyrese Amiyoti were both named on the bench. Do you want to go first with your thoughts on the team for this one? Yeah. Um, the only real surprise for me was was him dropping Woods? Was Kenny dropping Woods? I mean, other than that, you're not going to change the side. Um, whether there's a, you know, whether would it be, remains to be seen whether there's something more untoward with the Woods situation. I mean, I sit behind the dugout in the gallery, um, and I noticed that there was a little bit of an awkwardness when Wood came back to the dugout after being taken off at Exeter between him and Kenny, uh, and then there was like an awkward little sort of half handshake cuddle. Uh, and somebody said to me this week that, and I missed it, I'm not sure how I missed it, but uh, it looked like Kenny wasn't happy with something that Wood done. And and that was the reason for him coming off. Okay. We might be completely wrong, but that's what somebody sort of mentioned to me. So whether there was something in that, but for me, uh, Wood and James, the two, you know, left and right back, have been two of the, two really positives for me Brilliant. this season, actually, because I feel that... They're two good decision-making players. They, 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 for me, they normally make the right decisions. Um, and the experience, you know, they've got good experience. I know that he likes breed, breeding the youngsters in, but Sweeney, um, I'm not so sure whether I would have started Sweeney. I think I would have started Wood personally, unless Wood's carrying a slight knock, but then if he's carrying a knock, why would he be on the bench? Yes, I mean, a lot of tweets that we'll mention after this kind of assumed... He was injured, as we did. But then when you see him on the bench, you're like, well, if he's fit enough to be on the bench, then why isn't he starting? So a bit of an odd one there. Um, and we mentioned it last week, you know, Sweeney over Ogie. So Sweeney's been coming on over Ogie, mm. uh, which might not be the case going forward now. Obviously, Byrne is the current number two with Sergeant out on loan, that we've mentioned. Um, and Paul Smith getting married mm. on a Saturday in the season. Now, I just put odd, question mark. Paul... Uh, Took it a bit further. So Paul, in our notes, right, the biggest issue for me here is, isn't who is starting, it's who's missing. So I don't understand how a pro footballer is allowed to get married on a Saturday during the season, regardless of whether it's been previously postponed several times or not. Nobody can change my mind and convince me otherwise. He's injured, which is lucky for him, but still. He also went on to say, why is Wood not starting if, as I understand it, he is fit? So a few... Head scratches there. Paul Smith, we've been told he's injured, but then it's weird to see a professional footballer get married. And obviously, congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Absolutely. It'd be, it'd be really hard to say that. Smythe, as you say. <laughs> um, but just that felt a bit odd. I think it is odd. I, don't, I, you know, I think it's a bit of an elephant in the room at the minute. I don't think too many people are making too much of a fuss about it online because we're not losing games. We're happy losing games. People yeah. are start making a fuss about it. I think, uh, you know, and... 
people have dug deeper into it and seen that this was booked not that long ago. Um, I understand that I'm getting married next year and we've had to put our... Luckily enough, we I've moved my wedding when I see this was becoming an issue and I managed to get a pretty similar date a year down the line. But I know of people that have had their weddings cancelled after cancelled yeah. after cancelled. And perhaps, you know, because we don't... It's too early in the season. It's a feel-good factor without kicking the club too much because, let's face it, us Hose fans, we do like kicking the club, don't yep. we? Um, perhaps on this occasion, they've given him, even before the start of the season, because this had to have been made clear to the club, Yeah. perhaps um, our ownership have just been a little bit sympathetic of the situation, you know, and how much money it's probably costing them in postponements and, you know, all the arrangements that go with that, caterers, whatnot, etc., DJ... Uh, perhaps they've given him a little bit of leeway and, and let him have a Saturday off. But as luck would have it, it, well, it's not lucky that he's injured. Let's face it, when a fully fit Paul Smith, it'd yeah. be dangerous. But if he is injured, great. But you can't help but have that element of doubt yeah, that all of a sudden his injury is <laughs> just that little bit worse and he's got married and he's potentially going somewhere for two weeks on a nice honeymoon. Well, so, yeah, someone will pop potentially. him. Someone will pop him somewhere. An Orient fan will be randomly yeah. in the same result as so him. I do, find it, I do find it a bit odd and uh, my brother-in-law is a school teacher and, uh, you know, it's made clear to them, you know, he wasn't allowed to get married. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if that speaks for every school teacher. Yeah. As far as I'm aware, he's only allowed to go on holiday. He's only allowed to do whatever he wants to do outside of term time. So I do find it odd. And if we had a fully fit Paul Smith and he could have been a difference maker yesterday, um, I don't think the fans would be quite as sort of... I think some of the fans are letting it go a little bit, yeah. if you ask me. Good point. Well made. So let's get some reactions in. So we had a few tweets into us once the team was announced at two o'clock. Dan Alton, 2590, said Wood must have a slight knock. Big chance for Sweeney though. Bench looks stronger and still two to come back with Thompson and Smythe. Yeah, at Rich Denham, really pleased for Jaden. Hope Nakuma and Omayoti feature in the second half. Yeah, Adam Finch Force, so a jacket clearly rates Sweeney, two sub appearances. Handed the armband in the midweek friendly. So, you know, he's talked about bringing the youth forward. So maybe it was just Jacket thinking Sweeney's time had come. So, match kicked off. Both teams looking to build an impressive and unbeaten league starts to the season. You were there, early start. What was the atmosphere like, I guess, on the train going up and getting into the ground? Yeah, it was a good atmosphere on the way up. It always is, uh, helped by um, beer. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was nine bottles down by the time I pulled into Carlisle, so um, my my recollection may be a little bit hazy. Uh, <laughs> no, the atmosphere was good. I mean, you had a, there was a hard. I mean, I think it was announced after, which we'll talk about probably in the um, notes somewhere. We had a two and a half hundred, the usual sort of hardcore set that go home and away. Um, the same faces, same friendly faces, and it was just nice being at an away day. It was nice being in the ground. Um, I quite like their grounds, to be honest. I like all the old-style sort of football yeah, grounds. Yeah, it's like terraced, isn't it? It's very mismatchy. Yeah. It looks like the, you know, one of them grounds where bits have been added on that don't look like they should have been added onto the stand. But still, um, the, the atmosphere amongst Orient fans, though, just you know, in the concourse before, was positive. I don't think anybody's... At the moment, it's too early to say, but the, the general sort of um, feeling was that, that you know, we're going to go there and get a positive result. Okay, match kicked off. Worst possible start for the O's. Seven minutes in, Carlisle were awarded a penalty as a Tristan Abraham's flick in the box or the ball strike Omar Beckles' hand 
and the ref pointed to the spot. So for me, I'm not really sure what Omar Elk could have done there. Couldn't have done anything else the way the ball so quick just hit his arm. But I see why the ref gives it. If, if you can be critical or are going to be critical, I think we defend poorly earlier in that passage of play, which leads to the yeah. punter being awarded. But I've got no complaints there. I see why the ref gives that one. Yeah, I think... Um... I agree. I, I think when a ball gets pinged at you that quickly, there's not a lot you're going to do. Um, but also, we all know that players can be quite clever as well, can't they? So, and they can do do things that they think they're going to get away with. Yeah. I think this season, the way that it seems with the officiating, and I was watching the Premier League earlier, a couple of the games earlier, and it just seems like that the officiating is a little bit more iron towards the attacker rather than the defender. I think... Last season, definitely the season before, that's not a penalty. Um, but now I think they're, they're just trying to, you know, the handball, that you know, it's as if sooner rather than later, whether it's accidental or not, the ball touches your hand in the box, that'll be a penalty and yeah. you'll have players start kicking it at hands on purpose, like they leave a foot in now to try and get taken out. You know, like the, the penalty is such a big, for me now, the pe- to get a penalty is such a pivotal part of every game now. Like it seems like, Every team you play, even your own team, they look for a penalty. As soon as they get the ball in the box, rather than someone's looking for the goal, it just seems like everyone's looking for a penalty now. Yeah. So, so, you know, the handball thing, I think they've got to be a little bit more sensible with it. Could he have moved? Could he have not? But, unfortunately, he's hit his hand. And uh, if he's going to hit your hand, you're going to give a referee a decision to make. Yeah, so up stepped familiar face, XO. Tristan Abrahams took the penalty well. Riggs went the wrong way. 1-0 to Carlo. I thought it was a decent penalty. I think we were saying before we started recording... Might not have expected him to celebrate as much as what he did. Yeah. He seemed to enjoy that one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a good. Pe- of course, it was a good penalty. Um, you know, it's, he, he's hit it well. But yeah, for me, I don't know. I'm one of these. I'm a bit old school in my in my sort of um, beliefs when it comes to football. Right. And I just feel like he started his career at Orient. His youth came through the youth setup. Uh, we gave him his first sort of you know taste of football. We brought him back last season, and I, and I felt for him last season because. I believed he was wrong. He yeah. was wrongly used by both Joby and Ross. I think that they they brought him in just to appease fans. That we bring a striker in, they just didn't use him to his strengths. Didn't give him any game time. So I don't know. Perhaps maybe because he was a little bit disappointed with last season. But you know, we haven't got the same coaching staff. So I was yeah, not make a big fuss of it. But I was a little bit surprised he over he didn't over celebrate. We still celebrated. Exactly. And I thought to myself, yeah, that doesn't always sit right with me. That to be fair. Yeah, so the O's a goal down early on. 14th minute, in. dangerous cross in from Theo Archibald from the left, but Norman gathered before Satoru could get his toe on it, and shortly after, Abraham's shot from a tight angle was palmed about away by Lawrence Figaro. Yeah, in the 17th minute, Jaden Sweeney was booked for pulling down his man. Seemed to be Jaden struggling a bit. I think a few people who were there were saying he was being targeted a bit by... Yeah, by massively. Him. I think he just... Uh, that little bit... Of, that Where he lacks that bit of experience... Um, yeah. I definitely think if Wood starts, Wood doesn't get Wood, Wood. Wood doesn't struggle. I don't feel you know we'll talk about it more, but I don't, I don't really feel Carlisle were that dangerous to be fair. Um, but uh, yeah, no, he was he was he was a yard slower, and he's quite a quick lad as well. Yeah. But, uh, I think you're right. I think they targeted him, and I think that they they played a lot out down that side. Yeah, thirty seventh minute, low free kick from Guy was cleared. The ball was worked back to Armour on the left. He swung a great cross in the box. Dickinson got a powerful head on it. But Vigaru got down very quickly to save. Well, good save there by Vigaru. We'll take the plaudits for that. Again, Sweeney's the man who's beaten on the header. So again, seems to be struggling a bit there. But good save there. Outstanding save. Because if you know if that goes again, to be fair, um, I didn't. I didn't feel like I didn't. I wasn't. 
worried. It wasn't one of them sorts of games. I mean, the atmosphere was terrible. Carlisle, I mean, Jesus, like a morgue in there. Like, they just don't... There was no. There was quite a big crowd there, and the way the acoustics of the ground are, you'd expect a bit more noise. It was awful, you know. But so I didn't feel like we was under massive pressure. He's got the header away. So he is. I think think the guy that got the header to the ball is six foot plus. Sweeney's not. Yeah. Um, But Viggs makes an absolutely outstanding save, and 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 that for me was quite a bit of a turning point in the game because he saves that, and for the pretty much the first half we were the poorer side. Um, by far was getting outplayed outbattled um, I think I'll put it in a tweet it was t- typical it's a typical late Orient performance yeah it was a good save though. so that was the way the game stayed for the rest of the half half time was one of the O's one down I mean at one down I think already with my limited knowledge Kenny if he's not happy at half time he's going to change it up so we've seen him do that against QPR when he had to and he's not afraid of making that early sub which I think is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, we had a few tweets at half-time. Shrimpy underscore boy said, hard to play jacket ball when Carlisle are working as hard as they are off the ball. Something needs to change going forward into the second half. Yeah, trousers techno. think there needs to be a few changes at half-time. A poor 45, outplayed and outfought. We look lethargic and our use of the ball is poor. Big 45 coming up. I think it's yeah. pretty spot on with that. Yeah, good tweet there. Attendance was announced. Four and a half thousand. Four thousand five hundred ninety seven with two hundred and fifty nine Hardy souls making <laughs> the journey. So well played to everyone who done that. So like we said, Kenny Jacket likes to make changes when things aren't going his way. Made two subs at half time. Shadrach Odi came on for Jaden Sweeney. Harry Smith replaced Ross Atiru. Yeah, I Double think, subs. Yeah, I think um I'm surprised that Shad Shadrach hasn't sort of been used over Sweeney anyway. I mean I thought Early days when when Shadrach was sort of half trying to break into the team, that he was predominantly a left back. Obviously, he's a left footed player. But I thought he was a left back, but obviously pre season he played at centre back. And I watched him against West Ham, and he had uh, Michael Antonio in his pocket for for ninety minutes. They were, you know, Antonio was even sort of puffing his chest like he'd had enough. And uh, there was a little bit of banter between the two of them, where Shadrach literally played. You know. It's that standing performance. Mm. So I thought that Shadrach would have got the nod over Sweeney anyway. Um, so that change needed to be made. But again, do we read into the fact that he hasn't bought Wood on? Which for me yeah, would be the obvious choice, being that he is our number three and our uh, and our, our original start starting left back. So I was surprised. Saturio, he's uh, a few chats with a few people, and I think. Since that debacle over him getting a contract, I don't think the fans have warmed to him as much mm. as he probably would have liked them to have. I think it left a bit of a sour taste. And I don't know, he just looked... He doesn't look the same player. That The same player that that season chipped in with them, sort of, I think it was about five or six yeah, goals yeah. that he scored in, in a cluster of games, uh, two being at Stevenage. Um, he just he doesn't look like scoring. I mean, pre-season he scored an absolute worldie for me. Yeah, top yeah. Um, sat right behind it. I thought it was really good against the. Even though they're under twenty threes, they're still decent a quality players. side. Yeah. It's decent players. Um, so again, and I think it's been made clear. I think Kenny said it somewhere, or I've read it, or I've seen it. I think Kenny likes the idea of Harry Smith being an, um, a first choice at some point. So I don't think he's been bought here to sit on the bench mm. anyway. Um, I didn't see these subs because I was just polishing off a another one pine a pine. <laughs> <laughs> so two subs on the pitch. Fifty fourth minute in, one of the subs, Harry Smith, headed the ball wide after a dinked ball in 
from Prattley. Yeah, he started to get himself about at this point. So there was three bookings for the O shortly after as Harry Smith was shown a yellow card in the 55 minute for protesting. Aaron Drillam was shown the same in the 60th minute after failing to move back for a free kick. Uh, and in the 66th minute, Hector Kipriano was booked as he stopped Dickinson on the halfway line. Yeah, a few bookings there. Eh? Yeah, I think the Kipriano one, you've got to do that. That's one of them challenges. At that point of the game, you've got, you've got to make that challenge. You've got to stop the man. You know you're getting booked. Take one for the team. It's exactly that. Yeah, 69th minute. And Theo Archibald did excellently to sprint it back to cover and challenge Joe Riley, who was in on goal. That was a... That was a. I, I see the replay of it yesterday. What a tackle! Mm. What a tackle! I mean, the boy's got some pace. Yeah. But what that was an unbelievable tackle and fair play to him because obviously being a winger, he's not. A, he's not. A, mm. Surely I'm not saying he's going to be a gifted tackler of the ball, and he's coming from behind. He had to get that right. If that's not right, a it's a penalty. B it's a red card. Yeah, good player. One we're very excited about here. Yeah, definitely. Podcast towers. So seventy third minute in. The O's equalised as a poor Carlisle clearance fell to Aaron Drennan, who played a lovely little pass into Harry Smith, who waited for Norman to commit himself, and as he did, lifted the ball over the keeper into the back of the net to make it one all. Excellent finish, very much like a David Mooney finish, I noted. But great assist from Drennan as well. But that goal for Harry Smith, that will do him the world of good. Didn't have a pre-season. COVID, he mentioned in his post-match interview, Grandpa passed away. He's had a really tough four or five months. That goal will do him the world of good. Yeah, I think um, before we speak about Smith, before I speak about Smith, I think a word for Aaron, Aaron Drillon, because I think he was another player that when we signed him, a lot of people were like, who, who is this guy? Yeah. And even the Ipswich fans were sort of, few few of them mocking him. Um, and I think he even, he's got his own, sh- you know, when the players do them show reels online where you can see their highlights. I mean, he doesn't score many goals. There wasn't many goals. It just sees him doing a lot of running. But I've been nothing but impressed with, yeah, with him. I think he's, he's had two really well-taken goals. But he covers some grass. That boy runs. He runs. And obviously, the technical side of the game that perhaps we don't always see, unless you're a coach, unless you're a football expert, let's face it, we've got some of them at Mates yeah. and base. Unless you notice some of the stuff that he perhaps does out of position, which Kenny Jackett talks about um, a lot, you know, what we do off the ball and his movement. Um, it was a lovely weighted ball. Great ball. And, and nine times out of ten, a League Two striker is pumping that. He's just he's just laces through it. He's not dinking that. He's laces through it, and uh, you know. Whereas this was a, a far more composed finish. It was a re- I thought it went wide because the angle that they put you. <laughs> oh in, really? Where Carlisle stick you? They stick you up in the gods of um, uh, either the east or the west. I'm not sure. Yeah, so you're is. facing the. You're so facing. you're sitting as far away from that as you humanly yeah, can. They've got yeah. a perfectly good uh, yeah. terrace behind the goal, by the way, which would have suited uh, the faithful a lot more. I thought he'd put it wide, but he dinked it in perfectly and uh, a well-worked goal. And at that point as well, I definitely 100% felt like we deserved to be back in the game uh, on the basis of what I see. Yeah, lovely stuff. 74th minute in, Craig Clay came on for Tom James. And 79th minute, a chance opened up for Theo Archibald. Hit one from distance, but his driven shot was palmed away by Norman. Yeah, that was unlucky because obviously the angle that we set at, so we're, we're directly behind that and he, and he struck that so well and another sort of couple of inches to the side of the goal, maybe the goalkeeper was struggling a little bit more with it but it was a really well worked back. He is going to be, well, we've already said it once, there's something about him, uh, he's going to be an outstanding player. Let's hope that he doesn't play so well and he's got a emergency yeah, recall in his, in his contract. <laughs> Brilliant. So four minutes of time were added on. In the 93rd minute, Craig Clay was booked. 
Carlo had a free kick in a decent position, came to nothing as the referee blew the full-time whistle as the match ended one or with both teams unbeaten, league records still intact. So normally we'd play Kenny Jackett's interview, but that's been up on the club's YouTube channel now for pretty much a whole day. So we're not going to bother playing that on tonight's episode. If you want to watch that, go and have a look on the club's YouTube channel. It's worth four minutes of your time. I think the key thing for me for that one is he said Aaron Drennan was carrying a bit of an injury. Looks doubtful for Tuesday, which is unfortunate. Mm. But that might give Smith an opportunity to yeah. get in there. So, you know, good depth. Maybe I'm a toy. Maybe. Yeah. So, all swings and roundabouts. So, league table, we'd mention that at this point in a normal podcast. For one more week, we're not going to mention the league table. Still a bit too early to start talking about where the O's are. So, Mr. Francis, I got your tweet from yesterday. I'll read that out and then I'll let you go into a bit more detail about yesterday. So, you tweeted saying the first half typical aren't performance, second half typical LOFC will be hard to beat this season. Penalty was harsh, but see why it's given. Smith will take and goal. Fair result, in my opinion. And for the second time in my life, I had a traffic cone thrown at me. Now, I'm going to have to talk to you about that because obviously that's part of the tweet. but First and foremost, what were your what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, like exactly what I put in my tweet. For, you know, first half it was a typical late night performance. It was too tentative. We we gave them too much respect. We allowed them time the ball. We got bullied a little bit. Um, we didn't have that sort of cohesion where it, you know nothing sort of fell to us. We wasn't picking up uh, loose balls, second balls. Um, it was just a disappointing first half. And uh, if you go to it, you know. I know uh, we've shown great. Um, it's, it's it's great to see us get back in the game, but if the second yeah, the header had gone in, if, if Viggs didn't get down to that, so it's still an outstanding save. If he hasn't get to that and it's two 0 you've got an absolute mountain to mm-hmm. climb. Um, but overall, it was a it was a good performance, and it's nice to go all the way to Carlisle, not just for the fans, for the players. It's a fair old trek for them, even if they're hoteling it, um, which I'm sure they did. To go that distance and come by a point, most would take it. I think most fans would definitely take it. And if the if the coaching staff and players were honest, this early in the season with players out and with players still getting used to playing together, I think they'd have taken a, a, a draw. Um, so I think on reflection, it was a fair result. I think you're happy to see Mr Jacket come applaud the away fans. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I did notice, and again, this is not a dig because I'm not, I'm 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 definitely gonna be a lot more reserved this season with my judgments on a lot of stuff. I think I've learned that about myself over this period of where we haven't um, been to games. Um, but I, you know, so I'm not gonna be too critical. But I did notice um, against Exeter that Kenny didn't go out onto the pitch and clap the fans. Now that might not be his style. Who knows? Mm. And and uh, and maybe he's done it on this occasion because he's acknowledged just how far oh, it was. Uh-huh. But for me, um, I'm not sure. I'm sure that Kenny won't be listening to this, but I'm sure people at the club will be listening, um, particularly sort of the media department. I think it's good PR for the manager to go out onto the pitch and clap fans, home or away. And at home, um, you know, Steve Davis never used to do it. Fans didn't really take to Steve Davis. So when things got a little bit hot under the collar. Uh, the fans were quite quick to turn on him. Justin got it. He understood it immediately and would come onto the pitch and clap the fans, win, lose or draw. Uh, Ross, uh, Ross loved the lap of honour him. So he, win, lose he, or draw, yeah, Ross was, was, the lap of was on the yeah. pitch anyway. Uh, and Joby obviously would either be playing or would clap the fans. Yeah. So I feel personally that that is a given at Leighton Orient 
and sometimes it might not be your part of your management skills or your skill set. That might be something that you are a little bit more reserved with. But if Kenny, if he is listening, or if someone at the club is listening, I do think he needs to make that effort at a home match to get on the pitch, clap the fans, especially after we beat Exeter. The atmosphere, uh, how buoyant the south side was. I mean, you know, without being too biased to all the south side, so I used to sit there, I don't now. But I mean, you've got to go and clap the south side because that's where all the noise is. You know? Even my daughter said to me, Dad, why have we switched from the south stand? <laughs> um, so it was nice to see Kenny come over, although he still... Again, if I want to be overcritical, he didn't stand with the players right at the front. He, he about a good thirty yards away, uh, but maybe he's just a bit more reserved. Maybe he's a bit shy. Who knows? Yeah, maybe that's just not his thing. But you know, to draw a line under it for me, I do think it would be a good idea for Kenny to get on that pitch and uh, for the next home game and clap the fans. I'm glad you made it back safely Perfect. after having the cone thrown at you. No long term damages. No, just a couple of. <laughs> Young hoodlums uh, took an exception to me, and uh, uh, it was all good fun in the end. Uh, nobody got hurt. Um, my pride didn't because he didn't hit me this time, and I wore it and danced with it for a little bit. But uh, yeah, it was uh, just typical home fans not liking their way fans. I think great stuff. <laughs> so my views, yeah, very decent point. I would have taken that before the game. I'm glad we managed to get it, especially after going. A goal down. Harry Smith took his goal very well. Like we said, it'd be great for his confidence to get that goal. I think must shout out to Shadrach Ogi, Football League debut. Mm. And as we'll kind of mention, loads and loads of tweets praising his performance. Yeah, sorry, I didn't even mention that. Shadrach Ogi was, was a massive difference. He was so assured on the ball, solid, uh, and, and uh, didn't, you know, on a one-on-one, didn't let his man beat him. He, he stood up to the challenge. Very good performance. Another good performance for Hector, who seems to have improved. Again, I know last season he came on leaps and bounds. I think when he came on as a sub, he looked really good. I think towards the end of the season, maybe he tired. I wasn't that impressed with him. But the start he's made to this season, and maybe it's working under Kenny, who's very, uh, you know, very positive and bringing the youth forward. Maybe that's having a great advantage to him. But well played, Hector. Amazing travelling support. Like you said, that's that's a pretty, that's a pretty much a whole day, 19-hour day pretty much, isn't it, from when you get up to when you get home for some people. Yeah, long so, day. Amazingly well done. So definitely a point gain for me. And an opportunity now to kick on. Uh, and climb the table on our next couple of fixtures yeah. that's given us. Yeah, definitely. It's the time for your views then. So, uh, a huge amount of feedback after this match. So, thanks to everyone whose views came into us uh, and our social media accounts, which hopefully, as you all know now, are sponsored by Town and Country Hertz and Essex Estate Agents who are on Twitter at Hertz Town, and so is Orient fan Charlie underscore Paul, who works for them. And again, we try and read out as many views as possible. Uh, and just because we read them doesn't mean we agree with them. And this week, we're going to start with an email from Glenn Bevan. And I've noticed this, and I think we've mentioned it a couple times in the podcast. Dan Kemp, love him. Wicked free kick taker. And the email said, it's quite short, said Dan Kemp, excellent player, takes great free kick but it's the single worst corner taker I've ever <laughs> seen. As if I've got, there's a few Dan Kemp corners where you're going, come on, Dan, you're better than that. It's like the ball's made of lead. You can't beat the first man a lot of the time. But, but for me, with the, with the corners, you know, I've been getting to watch a bit, quite a bit of football lately. I've been paying quite a bit of attention to the set plays because it's become a massive part of mm. football now. You know, it's not just running down the wings like it used to back in the day. It's a lot of set pieces. And for me, I watched a game the other night, um, she- uh, Sheffield United, West Brom. Yeah, West Brom absolutely mullered them from throw-ins, from corners. And they just kept putting the ball right in the mixer, right where they knew the goalkeeper was going to struggle, put a man on the goalkeeper, and he was struggling. And it was very clever how it was done. And I, and I just feel 
that we don't need to overcomplicate corners or free kicks. I think, God, like Matt Lockwood back in the day, we'd just go straight in the mixer every time, straight at that front post or straight where, you know, in between the penalty spot and the, and the six-yard line where the goalkeeper might come. But if it's a crowded box and there's not too much room, the goalkeeper's not coming. There's too many players from a battle through. I just feel sometimes we just need to be a little bit more, you know, we've got big lads in there that can head the ball. But, you know, if, if it's going front post, he never normally gets gets it over the first man. And if it's back post, it normally kicks it too hard. Um, and I just feel like, again, with that, for me, I'm going right off piece there, but I just feel like sometimes we overcomplicate that, the, the set pieces. I think that just stick it in the mixer. Just stick it in the mixer. Valid point, yeah. Big lads like, you know, Happy, Beckles, who we know can score a goal. Prattley, who is going to be very good at anticipating where the ball's going yeah. to go. So, so, good point there. Thank you for your email. Glenn, Stroud Greeno tweeted, said, solid result, excellent second half. Ogie, superb, and Smith, very effective. A really satisfying battling point. Yeah, there's LK52. I wasn't there, but sounds like we were pretty average. And if that's true, then a point is a good return. We need to get some consistency going in our game, but overall, quite happy with that. Yeah, Ian Hutchinson, 0-8, is another point on the board. Key to our success this season will be grinding out results on the road when things are not going to plan. Great to see Smith get off the mark with a tidy little chip. think he will be a starter on Tuesday. The squad depth still concerns me, though. Yeah, me too. El Coado says... I really like how the gaffer saw it wasn't working. It, sorry, I really, I really like how the gaffer saw it wasn't working and wasn't afraid at half time to make a few subs to change the course of the match. Too many times I've sat and had to wait until either we could see another or the clock hits seventy five minutes for the manager to make a change. I, that's a great tweet. I think that's that's something that's really positive about Kenny. He he, he can unless I don't want to go over this because this is something a lot of people have gone over and it's quite controversial. Um, but that, I suppose that's what happens when you've played the game and you know you know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean that as disrespect, but it's just harsh reality that, that last season um, Ross just didn't make them killer changes. Uh, perhaps we didn't have the personnel on yeah. who, who knows, but he's making the changes that he sees needs to be made and it is positive. And exactly what, what he just said there as well is we're not waiting to go 2-0 down because if it's not working at 1-0 you still got a chance to get back in it. Yeah. It's not working, it's 2-0. You, you, you're chasing the game. Yeah, great tweet there. Thank you, David, for that one. Matty LOFC Evans said, substitutions change games. Kenny has a knack of doing this at the right time with the right personnel. Superb point gained away at a tough place to go. Smith, great goal. Yeah, Casey Adams, LOFC. That's the difference in... Sorry. That's the difference in manager. First half, we were poor. Them two substitutions were the difference. Are we? Are we? Are sorry. And I think I supposed to say, and we are coming oh, away from the game being content. Yeah, being a draw, but knowing we could have won it with what's a team. Casey so Adams, my, my sort out. No, Casey Adams, sort your grammar out. Lewis Fear underscores. It wasn't there today, but I've said I think Sweeney wasn't ready for first team football, and I think him getting sub backs it up. Not blaming him for the performance, though. Soon we started slow and grew into the game. Wanted the win, but five points from nine isn't a bad start. Need a stronger bench. I, I would have taken five from nine based on Salford away, uh, Exeter at home, Carlisle away. If you would have told me you're going to be unbeaten five out of nine, I would have gone, well, it's not, it's not nine out of nine, but we wouldn't have lost. And we've gone to two far places. Yeah, absolutely. Salford, one of the favourites to win the thing. Exeter are probably going to be up there or thereabouts. 
and Carlisle was always such a long journey it's always going to be an unpredictable performance so decent there absolutely five from, from one home and two away so I think it's definitely a good return yeah MS Orient says now that shows you plan B when needed so badly Kenny takes all the plaudits for the second half he made the exact subs that needed to change a game of football well done for a great decision making KJ, KJ got the best out of his players certainly did Frank Beavis says it's either one win from three or still unbeaten depending on how far we're empty your glasses sounds like we weren't great a point gained from a losing position after the right changes at half time yeah Boat, at Boatsy said really was a game of two halves First, we were poor, constantly lumping it forward and poor defensively. Second, Kenny made the right changes at the right time with Shannon Smith making a huge impact. Smith took his goal well and Theo made an excellent tackle, a point earned on the road. Yeah, Pandemonium, 1881. Says, going by the commentary and reports from those who were there, we were a bit lacklustre in the first half. Sounded like a very suspicious penalty, but changes and a far more positive performance in the second half evened it up and it was pretty much all us in the last 20. Respect another away point but important to win on Tuesday. Yeah, at Biffo Prop, a point rescued. The starting 11 were a little stodgy. Subs at the half and Shad's run through middle early in the second galvanised the team. Lovely. They all count goal for the equaliser. Good to be in the company in the away end. Yeah, hope you enjoyed yourself in that away end. Ryan, JD52, another new Twitter handle, says whatever jacket said at half-time worked. Much better team in the second half. Both changes were needed. Shad came on, was the best player on the pitch, and Smith put himself about and grabbed a goal. Decent point to take into Tuesday. Yeah, Orient Fan TV says, yet another point picked up on the road. Sign of a good team. Win your home games and pick points up on the road. Still early in the season, but looking good. Will be interesting the next week or so to see if any more players come in. Pleased to see Smith get on the mark as well. Yeah, Orient underscore Ed. Hope you had a safe journey there. And back Ed says, draw was a fair result. Shocking first half for Sweeney out of his depth. Though everyone was poor. Kenny's two changes at half-time really did work. Ogie was brilliant at left back. And Harry Smith won every header. I think the club tweeted and said he won nine aerial battles yeah. in 45 minutes. He's a big boy. He's a big boy, yeah. yeah. Don't they say that the best teams get points when they aren't playing well? That's a very important saying, isn't it? If you come away after not really playing very well in the 41st, 45 minutes... Yeah. get a point Definitely yeah absolutely positive. but like I say it was one of them games it wasn't like it wasn't like we was constantly under pressure you mm. know for me uh, the draw at Salford at the start of the season was a point point earned yeah, point yeah, gained. yeah. this one I think it was the, either team could have, there was just no real quality in the game for me that was all uh Len M4 says, have to respect the point, especially since we were behind. Every game is a learning curve for a team still gelling on the pitch. And we're in a fortunate position that we're doing this while getting results. Nothing to be pessimistic about. Yeah, good tweet. I couldn't agree with that more. And a final word on Carlisle goes to the authentic Gaz, who says, I'll take a point at Carlisle, win all our home games, draw all the away games, and 92 points on the board. That'll do. So let us know if you agree or disagree with any of the tweets we've read out. Let us know what you think. You can tweet us at Orient Outlook. You can email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com. You can get in contact with us on our Facebook page, which is Orient Outlook Podcast, or on Instagram, which is Orient underscore Outlook underscore Podcast. Yeah, and the Prediction League update. So we had loads of winners for this one. I'm not surprised, to be fair. Loads of winners, yeah. They all predicted one all, so they got the three points, but nobody taking the maximum four points. So well done to all the winning predictions. That means the top of the league 
the top of the prediction league is as follows. Yeah, so 10 points to Nino underscore Barone. On nine points, Furlong BTW and LFC Teresa. And on seven points, Dan Alton 2590, John McNabo and Orient underscore fan. So our league table is on our Facebook page for anyone who wants to go and look at it. And as always, thanks for all your predictions and more points up for grabs um, in the next week or so. So... Today? Yeah, Sunday the 22nd of August, a quiet day at the O's. Yeah. And uh, it was a quiet day for me. I bet it was. <laughs> so, at one hour, seven minutes, and let's wrap up this bad boy. So, fantasy football update. No update for you yet. Give it one more week until that table starts looking a bit more uh, full of points. So, if you want to join the Orient Outlook podcast, Fantasy Football League, you can do so. Drop us a DM if you want to. We've got 300 and 15 players this season, all playing for the pivotal prize of the league championship. So, positives and negatives this week, then. Mr. Francis, I'll let you do positives. Yeah, so the positives we've got written down are us. We're still unbeaten. Massive, yeah. I think it's... Uh, I can't really... St- Technically, you could say we got beat against QPR. It's not the same, is it? Let's say I still beat in the league two. Then, but we're, we're, I think you know we haven't lost a game of football in ninety minutes yet, <laughs> which is always handy. Uh, second half performance was a positive. It's definitely positive getting back into the game. Yeah, shows shows a bit of spirit um, and a bit of togetherness, I think. And uh, obviously, Harry Smith for scoring his first goal for the O's. Yeah, hopefully the first of many. Yeah. So those are the positives. Negatives in injuries to Paul Smythe and Aaron Drinnan. So Smythe is out for a month. So maybe on honeymoon, maybe on the treatment <laughs> table, we will see Aaron Drinnan. Hopefully he won't be uh, out for too much longer. And Connor Woods, I mean, I guess that's another negative. Who knows what's going on with Connor Wood? Is he injured? Is he dropped? No idea. And also a traffic cone getting thrown at me has got to go in the negative. A traffic cone, yeah, getting thrown at you. And also I guess a negative is the first half performance. So three negatives, three positives, as we always like to balance it out. Which leads us on then to the Carol Langley Florist Hero of the Week. Yeah, so our nominations for this week's Carol Langley Florist Hero of the Week were uh, Dan Archibald, Hector Cipriano, Theo Archibald, it should be. Oh, it should be, yeah. Apologies there to Dan Archibald, whoever you are. Hector Kipriano, yeah, it's a new signing. Hector Kipriano, Shadrach Ogie and Harry Smith. And after 265 votes in 24 hours, the results were as follows. So 10% went for Theo Archibald. Yeah. I was nearly going to read that again. 25% went for Harry Smith, which I thought might have nicked it. Yeah, I thought he might have done, yeah. 27% went for Hector Kipriano. And I'll let you do the winner. Yeah, winner. 38% of the vote. Well done to Shadrach Ogi, who takes his first ever Hero of the Week. Well done to Shad. I mean, it was, it was really close between Hector and Shad at one point. They were literally neck and neck, and Shad has just got a few more votes towards the end of the day. I mean, his week has just been topped off there, his league debut, and also got Orient Outlook Podcast Hero of the Week. Doesn't get any better than that, Shad. You might as well retire <laughs> now, my friend. So next week's fixtures then. Big week for the O's coming up. Two home fixtures, six points to play for. First up, Harrogate Town. This is that's this Tuesday, 24th of August. This is our rearranged fixture from earlier in the month. Harrogate Town only played two games so far this season. They've won both of them. Yeah. Uh, they won yesterday. Uh, they beat Barrow 2-1 at home. That I think you look at Harrogate Town and go walkover. But I think that'll be tougher than what people mm. think it will be. But I think the last 20 minutes this one are going to be pivotal because I think they'll tire massively yeah. in the last 20. I think... If we if we are level or goal up, I think in the last twenty that's the the big opportunity for us to go and kill it. Yeah, I agree. 
Then on uh, Saturday the 28th of August, we come up against a much-fancied team in Derek Adams at Bradford City, including XO Lee Angle. Bradford City had another good result yesterday, beating Mansfield away 3-2, so will be full of confidence. Tough one, that one. So Angle, I think we said before we start recording, we think he's injured, so he, he was playing. He scored a double, I think, in their first or second league game. So he was doing all right there, yeah. but wasn't in their squad yesterday, so we presume... He's injured, but yeah. that'll be a tough game. Hope, hopefully he's not got a long, long-term injury, but hopefully he's out for next Saturday because we always have uh, this terrible knack of having ex-players yeah. that perhaps it didn't quite work out coming back and haunting us. Yeah, great stuff. So two games, hopefully, this time next week or next Bank Holiday Monday, we'll be talking about two wins. So we always end the podcast with a sponsorship reminder from AJF Plastering. So Mr. Francis, I'll let you do this one. Yeah, so don't forget everyone, for the best plastering and rendering prices around, visit AJF Plastering on Facebook. Uh, or Big Ads LFC on Twitter for all your plastering and rendering needs. Yeah, so that is it. Thanks for joining us for episode 253. It was a fairly quiet week at the O's as a spirited second-half performance saw Kenny Jackett's Red and White Army maintain their unbeaten start in the league as we took home a point from Carlisle. So it's a big week and a huge opportunity now awaiting the O's with two home fixtures coming up presenting us with a real opportunity for more points and a chance to climb up League 2, which we cannot wait to talk about next time. So I believe if we win on Tuesday, we go third in League 2. Yeah, so, we're not worried about the league table just yet. Not yet, maybe but next week. I'm sure I'll tweet about it if we're third there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe and give our podcast a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you get your podcast from. If you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify... Tune in and Stitcher, add us to your favourites, and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. Uh, we're also on a, on a smart speaker and a new fan engagement app called FanHub, which is a which is brilliant. So listening to the podcast has never got easier. Yeah, so FanHub will be putting out this week's code towards the back end of the week. So lots of you now joining FanHub, so you can uh, do your team lineups on there. You can listen to this podcast on there. You can read articles about Leighton Orient and all the other teams in the league too. So well worth signing up for. It's a free app, so keep an eye out on our social media channels for the code. And we love to encourage people to pass the pod. So if you have an older relative, a loved one, or an Orient chummy you think will like the podcast, grab their phone, smart speaker, laptop, whatever they've got, download it for them and pass the pod. Mr. Francis, you don't have a bid, but you've been a great co-host. <laughs> This week, thank you very much Apart for coming. Some over. of my reading. <laughs> thank <laughs> you. I very need much. to go back to school. <laughs> thank you very much for coming to the Outlook Podcast. It's been a pleasure as always. I appreciate it. Appreciate all the things you do for the podcast, yeah. especially. Yeah, I appreciate you guys message. as well, and appreciate, like I say, all the fans. Uh, and we have had some staff and players uh, take advantage. So it's uh, it's always nice when when uh, you can have a bit of Orient chat. And uh, hopefully, any of the uh, Orient fans that I meet this year that we're doing work for will have a far more positive. Uh, orient discussion this time around than we have done over the previous season yeah absolutely so bank holiday next weekend so we'll be back with episode 254 on bank holiday monday with all the information and views that you could ever need so we look forward to hearing from you and as always keep calm stay safe have a great week and listen to the orient outlook podcast we're going to play out with a song that we think is pretty apt uh, for this week there's a long long way that everyone went to Carlisle. So this is dedicated to the 258 and yourself to make it 259 and the credit to Leighton Orient. So enjoy, have a good week and up the O's. Up the O's.